Boy, you guys, man, you really want to have a battle of semantics over LeBron's record on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, don't you? Wow. Kareem played four years in college. LeBron played four extra years in the NBA, and he had the three-point line. Okay. I, uh... All right. Well, if we we can find problems with all of these records, I'm sure, if you Let, want. Let's see if LeBron's playing it four years. Right. Which he might be. I tend to think that he might be. When, you know, Kareem, by the way, it's wild to me that, like, he's only 75 because I felt like he looked like he was 75 whenever I was a kid watching him play. But... You know when he when he broke the record, what? Because uh, LeBron played until he was almost like forty, so he was. Kareem did you mean? Or did I say uh, Kareem, uh, LeBron? Yeah, I mean he was like 30, 38 whenever he broke the record. So or he's forty one. Excuse me, when he broke the record. So which would be hey, I went to college, right? Exactly. But again, I I think the only counter that I would have to that would be LeBron. Is is averaging thirty points per game? Yeah, he's still one of the league's best players. And and by the one quick thing too for those that are ding that are dinging Kareem and they're like, well, Kareem whenever he broke the record was only averaging ten points per game. You know, it, it is fair to say he still played seventy four of the eighty games in the season. Man, he still went out and played every single game. But and. and I don't want to lose Terry and Edmund. So we yes, shall move on. There's more time to talk LeBron here in a bit. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's it's wild to me. I agree with that. People care more about woke than insanely immoral. Always entertaining. LeBron is fourth in assist. Only MJ is ahead of him. Keep that in mind, too. He's a complete basketball player. Oh, we're not getting into it, but that's pretty funny. It's like, oh, my gosh, you're trying to push this left-wing agenda down my throat. Josh Helmer, I listened to the – I listened to a lot of podcasts last night on the drive, but I listened to the Andy Staples, Ari Wasserman kind of backstory on the Jane Rashada. They call it what? The, the show is Andy Staples and Friends, or... Oh, gotcha. What were you thinking? Yeah, that's that's what I was going for. Because they I have... I always mix them up with the Cover 3 podcast. Oh, 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 yeah, with Danny Cannell and those guys. I can't... Not a fan? I can't listen to it. That and the three, the, the one that Learfield's always cramming down our throats. Who is uh, Fornelli and those guys? What are they on? I think that's the Cover 3. Okay. Yeah. But and then you have, like, the the... The three-year let well, no, not the three-year letter winner. Let's, there's another college football pod that they're that's always getting promoted, and I listen to it. And I'm like, what these guys do is complain about football. Like, what they hate the sport. It's like, why, why are you doing a college football podcast? All you do is complain. Anyway, uh, so I love Andy, right? And he's been on this show, and I love Ari. I'm a big Ari Wasserman fan. Uh, I've often said, if if he's writing it, I'm reading it. If he's uh, talking about it, I'm consuming it. And I disagree with him on just about everything, but. Very early in their podcast, I, I marked this because I thought this was just kind of an interesting look, at the very least at the Jalen Rashada deal, which I don't know if the Jalen Rashada deal is going to become the norm, Josh. I don't know if it's going to be uh, an outlier, but they were talking about 
the investigation, and Andy actually got a or and they had their whole team on. I think Bruce Feldman was was helping um, the G. Allen Taylor, the Florida writer, all the athletic crew was in on this. Couple different editors, and he was talking about actually seeing the contract and what it was like in a world that I mean, guys, let's face it, let's face it. How much do we truly know about collectives and how these these are paid out and things of that nature? Not a ton. We, we really don't. And it's what what are we going year two of NIL? We don't. I don't really, and, and maybe, maybe Stoops Bros has it laid out on a, on a message board thread at Sooner Scoop, or maybe Red Dirt's already done a, a a patron about it. I don't know, but for me, I haven't, I haven't really delved into a world where I truly understand. Like, all right, so the contract is how's it laid out? You know what's what's the numbers look like? How are they paid? You know, is it truly a is it is it, it can the player not live up to their end of the contract? Yeah, well, here here we here we go. This is understanding the contract a little bit more. I thought this was good. Wait for it. Here we go. When when I got a hold of the contract, just seeing the numbers laid out like that, it was very strange because you, you know you don't think of when you think of these contracts, and and we we all follow the the pro sports, and we hear about the the salaries and the deals. But we don't really think of them in terms of monthly payments. Like you and I think about what we get in our checks every two weeks. Like our salary in our heads breaks down that way. Like I know I'm getting X every two weeks in my paycheck. And so to see it broken out like it would be done in an actual paycheck form was wild because these paychecks would be huge. I mean, you're talking about 250 grand a month as a freshman. 200 and down to the penny like $291,666 and 66 cents a month as a sophomore like what happens if it's like n64 cents one month <laughs> do, you, do you say something so I, I just jumping in there I mean there's some jaw-dropping stuff right there first right it's like whoa yeah I mean but when you hear it's a 13 million dollar deal Matt's got to add up about like that. True. There's like, uh, I would. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, so it, it's strange to see it that way. And then I wanted to see what the deliverables were. And deliverables are what you have to do to get the money. So like you and I, we write stories, we do podcasts, and then they pay us. And we're not, now we're not by paid by the piece. We're on salary, but we do have to deliver those things or they can stop paying us. And so here are the deliverable, well, the requirements. There's a couple of deliverables and one and then one residency requirement. So a residence in Gainesville, Florida, which I live in the Burbs, so I would not qualify for this. I do not have a Gainesville address. So I, I'm out already. At least one branded Twitter post and one branded Instagram post per month. Up to eight fan engagement events per year. These can include in-person appearances, social media engagements, video conferences, or interviews, and none would last longer than two hours. So we're talking about 16 hours of work on that, that front. Oh and here's the, here's the one that just blew my mind because I've seen in some of these places where guys are doing NIL deals, and I'm talking current players, not recruits, the autographs, like they've you've clearly been put in a room that is just floor-to-ceiling stuff and had to sign hundreds of things autograph up to 15 one five pieces of merchandise per year per year that's it 
Well, I want to keep the stock up uh, of a signature high. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So when he talks about that was what was fascinating to me, seeing the numbers and what they looked like. And then, Josh, the deliverables. What do you need to do? What are you required to do as part of this NIL agreement? Not with, much. Play football. Exactly. With Florida. Crazy, right? So, I mean, obviously that got shot to you know what, and we know where we are now. Jane Rashad is on his way to Arizona State. Who they? I always screw up who they have there. Drew Pine, the former Notre Dame quarterback, and it is what it is, if you will. Things have worked out okay for Jane Rashada, but I just. I've had a pretty constant take on this here very radio program, Josh Helmer. Whatever you see money-wise, you take it and you divide it by two. <laughs> and then sometimes you may divide it by four. This is the first time when you see something like this and you know it was at least legit in the offer. So no, knowing it didn't come to fruition, right, and knowing, I mean, it's patently, pat, patently, patently? It's illegal based on the NCAA rules, but you know, how does it then factor in if a guy has NIL deals from high school that maybe want to carry over to college? I mean, there's, so, there's such a gray area that we're still learning about. This isn't going to become the norm quite yet. Maybe for guys in the portal. Maybe for dudes in the portal. After they've had a couple of years, you can be like, hey, for the next two seasons, you transfer here for the next two seasons – you know, we've got you with up to X million dollars in endorsements. You know, transfers Art, coming NIL. to this university have been making this amount. Right. Technically, you can't say we've got this for you. It's unbelievable, right? So, there's a little college football for you. I don't know where, you know, the NC, or not the NCA, Billy Napier claims that Florida did nothing wrong. And that they, in in the end will be blameless and faultless in all of this. Now, I don't necessarily know if that's going to be the case, but I I do know this, Josh. I don't know if I've ever seen a story that ended up becoming more pol- like polarizing from there's that group that's like, yeah, man, you get all you want. But then even that group is like, I don't know about thirteen million dollars for a play. I mean, even if you're like right, even if you're the biggest supporter of that, I don't know if polarizing is the word. Where, even if you're a diehard supporter of of nil and everything, and you're like, get your money, kid. What's your worth? Whatever anyone wants to pay you. I think even those people, when they see this story, are like, thirteen million. Thirteen million. For somebody that hadn't taken a snap? How many snaps has he taken again? Zero? And hmm. who knows? If he's great, then it's like, well, maybe it was worth it. But Hmm. Um, we'll do a timeout. That's a, a lot of your roster you can fill up with $13 million, though. A lot of your roster that you can fill up with $13 million. I mean, if we're basically at this point of college athletics, and it seems like in a lot of ways we are, Roster allocation is going to become so important. Do you know who I saw? I saw, um, I saw Toby Baldwin on Saturday. Well, I, I'm great. Thankfully, I've seen Toby Baldwin a lot, and I'll get to see him more.
and he has he's become the NIL guy. Can I, is that fair to say, Toby? He's the softball guy, uh, and he's kind of become the the NIL guy, and he's really good at it. He said, "Is he guys anytime, anytime?" I I feel like we're inching towards at least for us, maybe what a spring ball, maybe Wednesday. Toby Baldwin coming in here and just. Let's go through all the NIL questions we have. Now, I think Toby will be the first one to tell you. He's like, I can't answer everything. And obviously he has responsibilities too with things that I'm sure that aren't necessarily public. But, man, I'd love to know if the concern for coaches too is that this becomes the norm. Because there's no way it's sustainable, right? There's no way unless you get into true revenue sharing that somebody offering a guy straight out of high school – and by the way, this wasn't sustainable. This didn't happen, right? Yeah, so, yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> so in the end, the contract was there. The deliverables were there. And if that's the deliverables, oh, my gosh, that's it? Yeah, nothing. Go in football games and here's ah, sign these 15 things and we're good to go. 15. And, and do 16 hours of Zoom calls. Unbelievable. All right, um, let me see. How am I on time? I think we're good. I think we're good on time. So we'll stick in studio for another segment. I think this would have been the mobile segment, but I think I'll stick in studio. This might mean we only do two segments by phone. What I mean, what does all of this mean for you? Here's what it means to me. Okay, great. Let's let's put a put a tight bow on this conversation. What does this mean going forward? Well, um, I think in some ways it ends up being good. I think in some ways it ends up being good, Josh, because I think in some ways it ends up shining a light on what was trying to be done and some of the ridiculous numbers behind it. Um, Number two. Number two. I think that it's going to lead to a change in some of the language of NIL. It has, there has to be something, right? I'm not, again, what's always been my take, Josh, if you're a head coach, here's your here is your playbook for how to handle NIL. I want my kids to make all the money they can. I want them to profit as much as they possibly can and set themselves up financially to where they're on a great foundation towards life. I want my kids to get paid. There you go. But you also want it to happen in a way that what? doesn't put your entire program at potential risk either. Yeah, yeah. You don't want this you don't want this to end up being a situation to where because you've done it, every single part of your program is now in big big trouble. So, I I don't if this would have played out and Jane Rashada got that deal and went to Florida and was getting paid that kind of money, then I think that we could have seen a wild market in the second transfer portal wave or even heading into this signing cycle. I mean, that's Caleb Williams' money. It, that is the about one of five guys who should probably get that kind of money. And nobody else should. Right. But the other part of it is I, I do think this getting out to me was a good thing. And somebody, obviously, I don't – and here's the thing. Who would want that out, Right. Do do the Rashadas want it out to say, hey, listen, this is what our kid was offered, right? There's nothing 
bad here. There's nothing negative here. It's just this is what he was offered, right? And or does this Florida want it out because like well, we're willing to pay him good, right? I don't know. Or I don't know. does Florida State want it out? Or right. Miami or, or, or and Georgia? Then, and then their way of of having it out there is to be able to say, we make good on our deals. They couldn't pay you. When it came down to it, they couldn't pay you. Fascinating time, Josh Elmer. Fascinating. And I would lean toward that, that some other folks got wind of this and said, you know what? Let's crash them. Uh, it's insane. All right. Um, I, I want your side of it, though, too, Josh, because, and again, before we break, you cover more than just Oklahoma. I think it's fair to say with Hawkeye's Wire, you're knee-deep in everything that's going on in Iowa while you're knee-deep here. So you have this in- incredible perspective of not just things in – Big 12 potentially now soon to be the SEC, but also in the Big 10. What was your takeaway? Now, again, old story, I get it. New details and understanding the contract and the stuff that The Athletic has reported on over the last few days. Was there any big takeaway for you? I mean, are you like me where you think it's a good thing this got out so maybe we can – maybe there can be some change that comes from it to protect both the student-athlete and the university? Yeah, I think what we've learned is, generally speaking, high school signees – aren't getting 13 million there's you know even at a even somewhere like florida where you've got a rabid fan base and you know i I don't know the full infrastructure of what they're working with in terms of their name image likeness uh collectives but i'm just guessing i mean obviously they felt comfortable at one point 13 million dollars but it didn't happen so probably you know to me i just some of the rumblings that you see and hear out there a while back, I think it was Kirk Ferentz said, you know, 13 million for Ohio state for everybody that Ohio state was bringing in and Ohio state's recruiting like crazy. So I don't know that 13 million is, I don't think that's commonplace for a high school signee. And obviously it's not commonplace because guess what? It didn't happen. That's right. That's right. All right, um, quick break. When we come back, the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and we have our daily Porter Moser rumor that we'll get into right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right. Uh-oh. Who you? Why Why is Josh Helmer looking up Paul Mills and Grant McCaslin currently? Just following up on our friends at Coaching Changes. Steelman was all over that off the top of the show yesterday, too. A couple of former Baylor Scott Drew assistants. Each, uh, what, several big recent tournament upsets, if you're looking at Grant McCasland and Paul Mills. Grant McCasland, North Texas guy. So, do we just talk about what the latest is? Yeah, let's go. Let's go for it. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. Again, uh, just tuning in this morning, incredible night last night for the OU women's basketball team who um, takes care of business. In Waco, their first lead came in overtime. The first tie of the game came on the last shot of the of regulation for Taylor Robertson, and then we uh, they had plane issues, so we ended up bussing back from Waco. So Jenny Baranchek's crew probably tired and weary, but happy after that win. They're going to head to Manhattan this weekend to take on Kansas State. LeBron broke the all time scoring record. Uh, Oklahoma City won the game. Derek Carr has been given permission to talk to the New Orleans Saints, which means. The Raiders have worked out compensation for a potential Derek Carr trade. Now it's whether or not those two sides jive. That's where I've wanted him to go. Uh, and we're counting down to the Super Bowl. Is there anything else I'm leaving out as far as the news? Oh, uh, for my man Angry Ronnie, we had a high school basketball game, finished 4-2 to two last night. Congrats, Weatherford, on that dub. And 
Oh, that is, just sickening that that is the final score. Of How did game. your high school broadcast go last night? Good? It was it was good. Tyler Roselli was awesome. Young man uh, did a great job. Made it easy for me on Crosstown Clash Wrestling. It was just, okay, hey, so we've got who here in 126? Okay, we've got this in 126. Here you go, Tyler. And away he went. Oh, that's awesome. All right, so with all that, and, and OU Baylor tonight in Waco, 8 o'clock, I was sneaking a peek at the practice last night, Josh. I can report, Baylor basketball, pretty good. <laughs> no. They, they were practicing before we got there, so we couldn't get in the gym until 5 o'clock. So I was trying to sneak through the curtains and see what was going on. Scott Drew, twentieth uh, season. Do they do something weird? Can I just they do something very weird on free throws when they're practicing their free throws? They have some dude that sits at the base of like the rim, and they smack a paddle after he makes one, like on the. Oh no! It's two times if they make it. One time if they miss. And I was like, I don't. Why would they do that? I don't know. I thought you might know. I, I don't have um, a good explanation. Okay, so there's there's all the news and notes. Now, what what are we what are we monitoring here involving the interest that one Notre Dame may have in one Porter Moser? So, one of the one of the Notre Dame reporters quote tweeted that coaching changes tweet from yesterday, and if you missed it, at coaching changes, which you know I. I I, I will admit that yesterday was the first time I'd heard of this account. I hadn't heard of it before, and, and Parker was cracking me up because he's like, listen, go down into their timeline. They're fighting Clay Travis over transgender athletes if you go in their tweets and replies. But still, they kind of proclaim them every so often just because you might get into a political battle or two or 10 or 500 on Twitter. You know, you will find yourself every so often backing into some information. So... Right. Well, and they've got 20-some-odd thousand followers, but that doesn't mean that this is – I liked what Parker said yesterday too, which is, look, when when Rothstein and some of those guys start reporting it, okay, well, now there's legitimate legs to maybe Porter Moser has some Notre Dame interest. But that's that's been out there, right? And anyways, Coaching Changes yesterday tweeted out, we're told Porter Moser is doing everything he can to get the Notre Dame job, and Notre Dame is equally interested. Seems likely to occur, and if so, expect Grant McCaslin and Paul Mills to get well-earned long looks by Oklahoma. Kellen Sampson could be very involved, too. Okay. okay. So who is this Tom Noy guy, then, that then retweets it? I think this is... Uh... Is, is, he part of the, is he part of the mainstream media? Is, is he one of them? South Bend Tribune. Tribune. Oh, okay. So he is legit. Yeah, Notre Dame insider. He's he's a legit Notre Dame reporter. I don't know. You know, look, we're not following Notre Dame every day, so I don't know if this would be considered the peak of the Notre Dame reporting sphere, but whatever. He quote tweeted it and said it's worth monitoring. Uh, did mention that there's a $9 million buyout, which would drop to $6 million on April 1st. Hard to justify paying that. And then he floats the idea that Oklahoma might let that slide. I would disagree with that. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. That's at not all. true. I that's mean, not true. Oklahoma's getting its cash. What was the other report that someone had sent us? Because uh, I fall for this all the time. People aren't necessarily verified, but they'll put something next to their Twitter feed that makes it look verified. So I'll fall for it. Blue check. Yeah. Um, or, Twitter or, blue. Or in this case, no, 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 no. They'll put like a symbol next to their name. Oh, that, really? And I'll fall for it all the time. And I think it was like a, an Irish report or something that someone had sent us. 
and and it's like not even a real thing. Well, I yeah, that's the question. Is I I think it's a real. I, it might be a real thing. I don't know, but I did. Uh, I did have to say that I'm absolutely entirely fascinated to see how this plays out because I love Porter Moser. Me too. I think he's cool. I think he's great. I think he's going to do great things. But I also I also understand that there might be some frustration right now. And in that would come what you know, fans always putting him up for other jobs. Note at Notre Dame underscore prime reported. That was the other one I was looking for. They put a little twi- Twitter bird next to their name. That threw me off. Do you buy into this? Somebody texted on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Bixby guard Parker Fredrickson does not like Moser's style of play. He decommitted from Notre Dame. Really? Huh. Here's the report from at Notre Dame underscore prime. I want to finish my thought here, too. Uh, OU men's basketball coach Porter Moser and Notre Dame reportedly have high mutual interest in Moser becoming Notre Dame's next head basketball coach. Moser previously worked for Loyola Chicago. A coaching buy, a contract buy would be $69 million. So that's kind of an aggregation of what's out there. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We're fans of aggregation here. As long as it's done properly. $69 million. $69 million. Thank you. Not sixty nine. Did I say sixty nine million? Well, no. But I said it, was, it fast, right? right? So I might have just gone just through. For, okay, six to nine million dollars. I think Porter's got a bright future. I think he, I think he has the potential to do some great things here at Oklahoma. I also can't help but wonder if you were to put together the profile of the person whose background, whose roots, <laughs> roots. DNA does not just mesh more perfectly than what Porter's would with with Notre Dame, right? I mean, he is just – I love him. I think he's great. I love his passion. I love his energy. I love his – I love – it shows you how good of a coach he is. And then there's moments where you're like, what's going on here? But just from everything that you would ever imagine, like a Notre Dame coach being like – to me, all right, everything that an Oklahoma coach – should look like, feel like, be like, act like, whatever. Yeah, Porter is that dude, right? He's awesome. But in the same vein, given his background, given where he's from, given his history, given his heritage and all those things, you know, I'm not saying, oh, he's from the Midwest. He's not Oklahoma. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying he's from the Midwest. Got a lot of Notre Dame, like, DNA to him. Well, so it would make sense that they would be all over something like this. If he would have never taken the OU job and he was at Loyola still, unless their bottom fell out, it probably would have already been announced. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it probably would have. When, once Mike Bray said, I'm retiring, guys. Look at me. I'm in the football press. What? Oh, excuse me? Oh, you got a Porter Moe's introductory press? Okay, I'm going to just go. All right. There. See you guys later. Thanks, guys. Appreciate everyone. That's how immediate I think it might have been. Well, interesting. I mean, we'll continue to monitor. Well, what about the uh, candidates that were listed there? I mean, again, how much stock can we put into coaching changes? We'll see. Uh, you and I probably could have come up with a short list and put McCaslin and Mills and Sampson. They'll be on, on there. It. Yeah. I think I – think, uh, 
I don't think you could go wrong with any three. I think what have you have you watched an ORU game at all? I doubt many have. Um, they, they've created an awesome environment there, man. And I've y'all know in the nine one eight. Um, I've been to some of those games when they have good teams with good coaches like Scott Sutton, Barry Henson, Bill Self, and you know you could have a conversation with someone across the uh, the basketball court, and those are good teams. Like, hey, you know, kind of like we joke with the LNC. Now that place is hopping. You know, he had them on a cusp of an Elite Eight. They're going to go to the tournament again this year. I mean, they they've got it cooking. Graham McCaslin, you know, we're talking about that Oklahoma. Like, you want a guy that looked. An Oklahoma, Grant McCaslin might be that dude, but then again, no one has that OU DNA in them more than Kellen Sampson. You know, he grew up around this program. So if you were to say three names, what, what are some names you would come up with? Those would probably be my first three if they were ever looking for a new men's basketball coach. Would Kellen Sampson get a, uh, and I don't know how serious of a look he got in this last go around, but would he get more of a serious look this time? I think so. I think so. Or, I really do. Or the lack of head coaching experience, is that still just too yeah. too big of a hurdle? I, I've always wondered. You know, Jeff Capel came to Oklahoma from VCU. Um, Lon Kruger had incredible uh, lineage of, of coaching when he was hired, right? Uh, Billy – Steelman was going through this on basketball yesterday. That's why it's so fresh in my mind. I don't know what the importance would be, Josh, in getting a guy that, you know, has coaching – head coaching experience as opposed to someone who doesn't. But I do know this much. Didn't matter for Jerome Tang. Didn't matter for Jerome Tang. And I think a lot of people see what? Jerome Tang was part of the Baylor coaching tree. Yeah. And two of these names. Two of those three names are two. And suddenly you look at it and you're like, huh, that's pretty good. Boy, that's Scott Drew shine over yeah. the last, you know. <laughs> it's, it's blowing up, isn't yeah, it? The last eight years. It's like crazy. All right. We got to get mobile for the next two segments. So when we come back. Some good stuff on this. And again, all this is rumor and innuendo right now, but you know, on a on a night when Oklahoma's in a must-win situation for their postseason conversations, interesting that one of the big stories becomes Notre Dame's interest in Porter Moser. We'll take a timeout. We'll get mobile towards the airport next with the Plank Show. All right, dude. You ready to go? You ready to roll? We're mobile towards the Will Rogers Airport in anticipation of catching what I hope is a non-delayed 1 o'clock flight to Los Angeles. And then we'll be live in L.A. tomorrow morning for not just the uh, the Plank Show, but Sooner Softball. Josh, your excitement level for the start of the Sooner Softball season. Oh, are you kidding me? Through the roof. Can't wait. And it's so fun that it starts with three of these five opponents. No, no slide to the other two, but three of these right. five opponents being ranked opponents. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a fun year. So um, we'll have all day to talk about it tomorrow because our games aren't until like 8 o'clock at night. Um, <laughs> but, no, seriously, so 6 and 9 tomorrow night. So a little bit a little bit later start for the Duke and Liberty games. But that's, uh, that's good news for us so we don't have to be rushed around and we can have a fun three-hour show, unlike the craziness of today. So, Josh, with that in mind, one topic has taken over this show, and it's not – the 4-2 game in high school basketball. Uh, I think what you and Connor will discover, the, the Air Comfort Solutions text line has some takes. They have some takes on LeBron breaking the record. So we can get to that. And we might go ahead and add to it all that 
the Thunder still won that game. And then obviously most of our show this morning has been talking about that incredible night last night for OU women's basketball, finding a way to get it done. And then uh, taking a nice little roadie, the road trip back on a rainy night. So thanks to our uh, bus drivers who kept us safe and were incredible all night long. It was truly something to behold. So with all that, with all that in mind, one show has kind of taken over at least the final portion of this hour after opening it with some Jane Rashada talk that I guess you guys couldn't care less about. <laughs> if there was ever a big zero of a topic I thought people would be fired up about today, Josh, the Jane Rashada and how he was paid and what went into it, holy smokes, what a big zero on my part. <laughs> but I do think there is I do think there is concern and interest whenever it comes to what, you know, some of these NIL deals will look like. And then in it, you know, as for Oklahoma fans, how do the Sooners match up? You know, we're, we're the home of Sooner fans, so obviously that matters. But for the OSU fans that listen to Tulsa fans, you want to know how you're stacking up in that world, too. And it was, at least in my world, pretty interesting to see what Florida was up to on that front. But, Josh, the Porter Moser to Notre Dame rumors and innuendo, uh, I would say it's, uh, it, it, it's a hopping right now. Business is, business is cooking. Business is booming, and via the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Sean chimes in. The major point brought up is how much Porter Moser loves Chicago, loves the Midwest, and loves a multi-state chain restaurant. Then why did he leave? Great point. You know, and you could look at you could look at a couple of things, right? And you know, I some might say the the same, and I. I feel like I get made fun of, but I always fall back on what I know and what I covered. In my career, when I was a, kind of like the beat reporter for Tulsa, involved, you know, the Bill Selves, the Steve Robinsons, the, those guys of the world. And, and Bill Self is always one that kind of comes to mind, and even Tubby Smith at that, right? And Tubby Smith was the head coach at, at Tulsa. The thought was always that Tubby Smith was going to be the head coach at, at Kentucky. It is just inevitable. Tubby Smith is going to be the head coach at Kentucky. Just you wait. Um, Bill Self. Bill Self was always going to be the head coach at Kansas. It was just a matter of time. Just you wait. Well, maybe in that process, if it was finances, if it was just a desire to you know, upgrade the resume, whatever, or, you, I mean, maybe you looked at Oklahoma and thought, gosh, I can win there. You know, that's a place where I can go win. Uh, I'm married about I completely understand the question, right, Josh? If, hey, if you're going to be rumored for this, why would you ever leave in the first place? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was financially beneficial. And I'm sure, you know, Porter, and he still feels this way today. Listen, if he doesn't get the Notre Dame job, then we're still having a conversation about what he can do at Oklahoma, right? So I still feel like that he can win here regardless of kind of what's been a struggle the first few seasons. Or if this reported interest just flat out isn't true, right? I mean, if, oh, he's, just, if right. he's just entrenched at Oklahoma and wants to build this thing here and, and loves OU, I mean, that absolutely is a possibility. I think my response to it would be this, Plank. The Notre Dame job wasn't open, and he does love Chicago. He's been very open about how much he, you know, growing up and, and coaching and just everything, his, his background, his roots, it's with Chicago. So when you have Notre Dame that's right there, that's probably always going to draw a little bit of interest. 
Now, whether or not that's enough to pull him away, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, here's one other thing. I think there's in, in these coaching searches, especially in the are these. This isn't even a search, really, right now. This is just a you know kind of laying the groundwork. There is always you know trying to guess the tide, and then also in that there's maybe factions of frustrated fan bases that want their coaches gone, right? It's like, well, I hear he's a big candidate. He's from there. Maybe he should just move on and take it, right? There's always those kinds of factions on this front. But here's the other side of it as well. You know, may, may, and, and I, I had this floated to me on a, a couple of other coaching rumors that are out there too. You know, maybe, maybe Porter doesn't mind having his name linked this so you know even though things aren't necessarily going all that well right now there would still be that hey we don't want to lose our coach right it might we might not be winning the games we want but we don't want to lose our coach to Notre Dame come on so I I mean maybe there's a part of it that could be angling to say hey I've, I've got this interest and you know whether it's real or not your, your, your agents throwing your name out there to either play the PR game we're not necessarily trying to get more money out of Oklahoma, but it's just, you know, helping the image out a little bit. I've heard that could be floated out there, too. But to me, Josh, I don't know much about these Twitter feeds. If a South Bend reporter is is, is mentioning it, I think that lends some credence to it. And I think it's going to be, as the season progresses, an interesting storyline to follow. And it's funny because, uh, and, and I want you to get the final thought on this, but when Mike Bray retired, I, I sent you a text just kind of jokingly, and I said, Porter Moser to Notre Dame. And you replied with, I hear it's almost done. And then literally, um, I the, the first list of candidates, the number one guy on there was Porter Moser. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's something to this. So, yeah. <laughs> And I'm I'm, I'm joking as I respond back yeah. to you, but just because yeah. again his name's his name's on every list, every list for Notre Dame. Every so you know, bef- like every almost list. almost before Mike Bray made the decision to step away. So yeah, it's uh, we'll see. I mean, he's a Chicago area native, so there's always going to be you know whether there's interest or not, his name's going to be attached. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, um, quick break. We'll put a wrap on at least my responsibilities for the show and uh, get you ready for a big final hour right here on The Wrap. Josh, how should I feel about Derek Carr potentially in New Orleans? I-Y-H-O, in your honest and or humble opinion. Well, probably he was always going to wind up in a fairly decent situation just because, you know, as many – jokes or criticisms as there's been out there at times of Derek Carr. Derek Carr's a legit starting quarterback in the National Football right. League and an upper half guy. Now, is he top ten, top five? No, he's not that. But uh I mean I guess uh <laughs> a little bit jealous and also happy, so a bittersweet feeling because it's gonna be a great situation if that's what winds up sure. happening for him. Oh, yeah. But but also, you know, as a fan, you're like, ah, why, why is that not us? Right. I, I will add this, too, to it. Um, I don't I, – I've become with the Raiders, Josh, three things. Right, you right, with, with the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers or bust. Bryce Young or bust. 
are Jacoby Brissett and tank for Caleb Williams or bust. That's I, the option. I, <laughs> go, go get me Jacoby Brissett. No one my luck. No one my He luck. might be too they good. You might have Brissett. to get somebody different. Yeah, Brissett would be good enough where they'd be like yeah. five and a 12 next year. Stupid Raiders. All right, uh, listen, I can't wait, Josh, to dive all in on the Super Bowl with you tomorrow. Uh, guys, I appreciate everyone being patient with me. I'm, I'm grateful for the OU women's basketball team getting us back safely last night after uh, our flight was essentially canceled out of Baylor, so we drove or out of Waco, so we drove home and uh, got in real early this morning. But uh, thankfully, I've got a, a great partner on this show and Josh Elmer and cool guys ready to slide in like Connor Pasby to take us the rest of the way. We'll be live from Los Angeles tomorrow morning with full coverage of the OU softball team getting ready for their season debut tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. All right, Josh and Connor, have you the rest of the way. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow morning. Have Travel safe, buddy. See you, see you, dude. Buddy. See you, man. Hour number three, final hour, coming your way next. Don't go anywhere right here on The Ref. We're back in a moment.